Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. So how you been, man? What's I'm been good. going on? Uh, I'm good. I'm well. I'm week, week one of intermittent fasting in. Yeah. You were saying it was a little bit, it's getting a little tough for you. It's just getting used to it and moving your schedule because I go, I don't have the freedom to just have a later meal like I would. I was I can't fit in extra activities. I have to plan more and uh but it's been it's been good and it's been a great education and discipline for me. So Okay. Good. Yeah. And is it like the Atkins or whatever where like you know, once you're on the thing you can have as much of that thing. Like can you eat whatever you want in the window? I've or do you have mixed. to I think I've seen mixed. Well it depends on what you're what the results are that you want, I think too. But my primary concern is I don't want to lose muscle mass. And you were saying that you had actually heard that muscle mass might be compromised as a result of this diet. Oh, I won't say diet, sorry, lifestyle. Cause it's not something, it's something that I plan on doing. It's mm-hmm. the whole thing was I was trying to get some discipline around not late, not eating late at night. Okay. I didn't know that at the same time I was going to be giving up, mornings as well so mm. which has been you know i didn't realize that i ate much in the morning until i wasn't allowed to eat anything yeah is, i don't know does it make you feel a little strung out when you don't have breakfast or actually i feel pretty good and the one thing mm. that everyone's like well you can't have caffeine until your eight hour window opens and i don't need it i mean like in the mornings for some reason something's burning because i've got some pretty crazy energy Okay. In the morning. So that's been a bonus. So yeah. It tides me over until I can get my green tea at 11. All right. Cool, man. Well, let me know how it goes. Well, you will hear. All right. What's going on with you? Nothing much, dude. I've been working like a dog. Yeah? Yeah. Getting a lot of stuff done. Um, work, work has been busy, but also the podcast has been busy. Next week we're, is going to be our first interview. I'm going to interview a guy named Grant Jenneru on his uh, vitamin A theories. That's going to be really exciting. That'll be awesome. But you did interview somebody before. No, they interviewed me. I'm trying to get that other, uh, the book guy, Eric Maddox. I thought you interviewed somebody at, at West, at, at uh, Expo West. Oh, that's West. true. I, I suppose you're right. I did those little five-minute interviews. I guess that counts. But this is going to be our first dedicated like hour-long interview. No, I just want, I'm right. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we know, I know you got to go. So let's, uh, let's jump on today's okay. topic. Okay. Okay. Um, so today's topic is about sulforophane. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to say this like a hundred times. Sulforophane. And so I wanted to talk about <laughs> it this. sounds like something, an ore you'd find in the Star Wars universe. Right? It kind of does. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Yeah. So uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this was A, a friend of mine uh, is really into it right now. And she's like, you got to talk about it. But the other reason is the whole theme of detox, like I'm sure you guys talk about it at the health food store detox all the time. All the time. Yeah. I'm sure people are coming in and being like, oh, I'm taking this and I feel bad, but I'm detoxing Completely. or whatever. Yeah. So that's always the excuse. Yeah. And, and that's what I don't like about detoxing is it is such a crutch for all of the things natural. <laughs> totally. It's like, you use it. Oh, you're feeling bad. Well, you must be detoxing. I mean, even stuff that you wouldn't even think about for detoxing, people will say, oh, you're you're having a Herx reaction, you know, and, and you're <laughs> once you get through it, you'll be fine. And I know detoxing does happen because we're going to talk about this chemical today, and that's a lot of what it does. But at the same time, it's a crutch that 
every single thing that doesn't really work. I, it's like, I feel like if detoxing wasn't in the natural health world, mm-hmm. it would be a lot better, right. actually. No. So, anyway. I mean, where, where where do you see that existing, then, if not in the natural health world, detoxing? You're saying just in general, no detoxing? I'm just saying if we, as uh, an industry or as a, I don't know, as like the naturopath or whatever, just, just all came together and said, hey, this detoxing thing, while it happens... It's very rare, so let's stop referring to it. We would do a lot better because people would then start thinking, oh, well, why do I feel bad when I'm on this? What's happening? And they would get different answers instead of resting on an answer that is probably not true. Well, I mean, also, you could be having an allergic reaction to something, and it's like somebody in particular that in my store who, yeah, you're just detoxing. (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't think my eyes are supposed to be bleeding, bud, so... (laughs) It's coming out of your eyes. That's the main detox point. You're a macular detox. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) But uh, you're right. It's way overused. Yeah, it is. So this sulforaphane stuff is pretty cool. Uh, it comes naturally from cruciferous vegetables, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage. The highest source actually comes from broccoli sprouts. So mm. what I really like about sulforaphane is it seems to address some of the intractable problems that we're dealing with today in our society in okay. a way that actually works. So stuff like autism, autoimmune conditions, uh, leaky gut, digestive issues, brain problems. Uh, it's like helping Alzheimer's. all of this. It's, it potentially could be helping all of this. Okay. So these kind of problems, you know, they're they're hard to nail down on why they occur, you know, why they're increasing so much. And for people who get them, you know, they change through time, they get better, they get worse, they, you know, they have to constantly adjust. And sulforaphane seems to be a great tool which adds some stability. Okay. It lowers symptoms, it lowers anxiety around the symptoms. And how so, it, how's it doing this? Well, that, yeah, that's what we're going to get into. Oh, okay. And that so like that friend I mentioned earlier, uh she uses something called broccoli, which makes, you know, they make a sulforaphane supplement. And I'll talk more about them later, but she's been taking broccoli for a few months now and has had, you know, a resolution of a ton of gut issues uh, to the point where she says she doesn't even remember them now, which is pretty cool. Um, so like broccoli or broccoli sprouts? Yeah. So what sulforaphane is, is it's bro- it come, it's a chemical within broccoli sprouts. Okay. Yeah. She also says uh, she has better mental, you know, faculties, feels better Mm well-being overall. So she just loves it. So I don't know. I think we should dive into it. I think it's a cool supplement. Let's do it. um, And explain why you should have it as a tool in your cupboard. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, cool. So before we talk about what it does, uh, we need to cover a signaling protein within the body. It's called NRF2, which sulforaphane induces. Now, NRF2, it makes a lot of things happen. We're not going to go over all of them. But there's it's a l- the Nerf gene. It's the Nerf gene. It's very spongy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of interest in it from biochemists and pharmaceutical companies because NRF2 increases uh, detoxification, it lowers oxidative stress, and it repairs tissues. So inducing NRF2, it could potentially help many things, many different types of diseases uh, okay. that are associated with dysfunction and all those things. And that's basically all of them. Like that, that's all diseases. All of them. Yeah, completely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's basically all of them. And so this is kind of how your body works. Damage is detected or, you know, the liver needs to detoxify things that it's been exposed to. And the stress of those things triggers the body to repair and renew the damaged tissues. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfectly. Right, so, so NRF2, it's part of what does that. It's a protein that basically calls the cleanup crew. You know, it says, hey, clean this stuff up. So sulforaphane, it's a natural plant chemical, and it tells NRF2 to get busy. It's like a union boss. Exactly. 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 And it, that's what it does. It gets busy fixing things, <laughs> you know, detoxifying you, lowering inflammation. Yeah, all that. Cool. So you can probably see from this, if it does all those things, you know, what, is it, what does it help with? Mm-hmm. Well, sulforaphane has more benefits than you can even imagine. There's a great reference for it on a site called Self-Hacked, Self-Hacked uh, that lists all the different studies and possible benefits. And I'm going to read those to you briefly. And if we want to get into each, it would probably take us all day. Um, but I'll just kind of give you an idea of the possible things that sulforaphane can help Give us a little with. idea. Yeah. So here goes. Here's the list. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. It's a little bit of a long list. So one, uh, prevents and combats cancer. So there's a lot of promise from sulforaphane and broccoli sprouts just in general for mm-hmm. pre- preventing and killing cancer. I think that's actually been going around for a while. Yeah. Uh, people are always like, oh, cancer, eat broccoli or some. Well, yeah, we, I think that's primarily what I remember people coming into the store to get the broccoli products for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, it lowers cholesterol. Number three, it prevents and combats heart and cardiovascular disease, meaning uh, less damage from heart attacks, lower blood pressure, lower clot formation. Okay. Uh, number four, it combats obesity. There was a three-week supplementation study which reduced weight gain, leptin, and insulin levels. Mm. Uh, number five, it improves diabetes and helps with diabetic complications like kidney disease, tissue damage, and heart damage. Okay. Six, it boosts the immune system and the activity of natural killer cells. Seven, it is an antiviral, so it will fight things like the flu, Epstein-Barr, HIV, and hepatitis C. Number eight, it's antibacterial and antifungal. Number nine, it provides protection against UVA and UVB rays from the sun. Uh, (laughs) It'll lower inflammation and skin damage from sunburn. So number 10, it lowers inflammation. It inactivates something called NFKB, which is one of its biggest uses. So NFKB, it's a key inducer of inflammation, and it's associated with a ton of different diseases. Okay. Um, you might also know turmeric. That also lowers NFKB, but it has some problems with absorption. So um, that's that's a similar thing. Once com- completely unnerf related, I'm just gonna we're gonna stress that as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, number eleven, it combats depression and anxiety. Uh, when I've experimented with sulforaphane in the past, I would say like one of the biggest effects is feeling very little fear or anxiety at all. Oh. Like not so much like you're cocky or anything like that, but you just, you're not afraid in any social situation. Wow. Yeah. I, I took it for a month and a half, two months. It was, it's pretty, pretty rad. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Number 12, it protects the brain and restores cognitive function. So there's a lot of studies going on around NRF2 and neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Uh, speaking of which, number 13, it may help with Parkinson's. There's several animal models that shows that it improved uh, within sulforaphane. Number 14, same with Alzheimer's disease. Uh, sulforaphane helped protect brain cells from amyloid beta-induced cell death. Mm. <laughs> number 15, it may help with Huntington's disease. So it may prevent seizures, uh, improve schizophrenia. It may help with substance abuse. That was actually a lot of them all in one, but, okay. but you got it. Uh, number 16, <laughs> may improve autism symptoms. So actually, actually, I'm going to talk about that later. We'll get back to that. Okay. Number 17, uh, it can protect against GI injury and inflammation. 
So there is good evidence that it helps with colitis and improves gut health by increasing junction integrity, which is another way of saying leaky gut. So whenever you hear leaky gut, it helps with that. Right. 18, it combats H. pylori, which is the cause of ulcers. Number 19, it improves liver function. So sulforaphane is one of the strongest inducers of phase two liver detoxification. So there's two phases of liver detoxification, just a real quick little primer on liver detox. The first phase, it basically oxidizes a toxin in some way, uh, and the second phase neutralizes it and prepares it for excretion. So the reason this is important is there's a lot of diseases that are associated with hyperactivity of phase one detox and sluggish activity of phase two detox. This stuff is amazing. So, yeah, yeah, you can see this, this kind of creates a scenario where uh, there's an overload of these oxidized toxins waiting to be neutralized and excreted. What sulforaphane does is it, it slows down that phase one and speeds up that phase two, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Is there, I mean, like any argument against t- <laughs> taking this? It sounds like it's good. Everyone should take this. Right? There are There is some argument against it, Ooh. for sure. So we'll get to that. We, we always get to the downside. You You're know like that. Night blindness. Number one problem. <laughs> lead with night blindness you may just go blind in general (laughs) just kidding um it'll also reduce uh liver enzyme levels like alt and that kind of thing okay number 20 it reduces health damage from pollution uh, especially inhaled pollution number 21 it may be beneficial for airway inflammation and asthma Hmm. number 22 it combats autoimmune inflammation like ms Number 23, it can reduce pain. It uh, it might activate the opioid receptor. I like that. Yep. Number four, it can promote bone formation. Number 25, did I say number four? I meant number 24. Number 25, it can be beneficial for arthritis. Number 26, it can prevent muscle damage after extreme exercise. Is a lot of this just inflammation related? Some of it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If I'm you, seeing some parallels. So if you think about it, it's kind of like at the top of the tree is detoxification and tissue repair. Mm -hmm. And then from there, all the little branches come down and you get all of these different effects. Okay. So number 27, it may be beneficial for muscular dystrophy. Uh, Number 28, it may protect the kidneys, especially for people who are on drugs that damage the kidneys. Mm -hmm. Just a few more here. Number 29, uh, and this one's for you, Brian, it can support hair growth It does this by increasing the degradation of DHT. Well, that's great. Which is often what hair loss is blamed on, probably incorrectly. But uh, this means it can lower testosterone potentially. So if you do have low testosterone, that would be one thing to consider with this stuff. Uh, Number 30, it can increase alcohol tolerance. So this is particularly relevant to Asian people who can have a problem with alcohol. Mm. Number 31, it protects the eyes. uh, That's stereotyping. Oh. Yeah, but it's a medical stereotyping, so it's kind of okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just no sake, apparently. Gosh. I think it's good for everyone, all people. <laughs> Th- 31. It's particularly good for Asian people. We got to oh. cut. <laughs> no, we're keeping that in. It's fine. Asian people. Especially will, behind the wheel. Asian Jeez people will understand. Oh my gosh. No, it's like Asian people will understand. They drink alcohol, a lot of them, and they get all red and splotchy, and it's terrible. It's they're great experience. at counting how many that they're actually drinking. Oh my gosh, dude. Number 31, it protects the eyes, especially from UVA light induced damage. 
Uh, number 32, it may be beneficial against keloids, which are those big collagen growths that people get like on their back or whatever. Oh, yes. You know what yeah. I'm talking yeah. about? I know exactly what you're talking about. And lastly, about. it may improve bladder dysfunction. Now, let me just preface this by all these points, these 33 points, they're all maybes and might bees. You know, a lot of these studies are in mice and rats, uh, which don't necessarily transfer over into humans. So there's definitely an experimental angle to all okay. this. All right. Gotcha. Now, the one benefit I mentioned that I think does have some great evidence is autism, where there are some human studies, and there's some human studies going on right now that are very promising. Okay. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. So there was a 25-week study at John Hopkins, which was a double-blind, placebo-controlled study. So sulforaphane was given for 18 weeks and then stopped in young men aged 13 to 27. And apparently, this age group is not that responsive to treatment or something along those lines. So what they found were some really drastic improvements while the young men were on sulforaphane and then a quick regression in the seven weeks after they stopped taking sulforaphane. Mm, so they have to keep doing it. Yeah, and the improvements of the group getting sulforaphane were they had a 46% increase in social interaction, they had a 42% increase in verbal communication, and a 53% improvement in abnormal behavior, which is pretty great. What kind of behavior... So autism, abnormal. abnormal behavior, you know, it's it's like they have their little like repetitive movements and, Ticks and, and all so, that kind of yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Some are weird and some okay. are like just harmless. And, yeah. Yeah. So in addition to this study, uh, there's studies going on at this moment with both boys and girls who have autism and are taking sulforaphane. There were some preliminary results, and they're fantastic. There was one researcher in one study saying that 64% of the boys and girls in the study are either much or very much improved after 30 weeks on sulforaphane. And I'll link to that. Wow. So pretty good. That's pretty good numbers. Though. And if you, if you look at Amazon reviews and blog posts, there's a lot of people out there who are experimenting with this on their autistic children and having some really great results. And it isn't 100%, obviously. Like, I have a friend who has an autistic son who tried this stuff, didn't see a lot of benefits, so it's obviously individualized. Case by case. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm also going to link to the video of a doctor who has treated autistic patients with sulforaphane. It's like an hour-long video if you're interested. It has some cool stories on autism recovery. Um, I mean, like, if somebody has an autistic child or maybe autistic themselves, can they take this without having much of a repercussion? Is it? I mean, it seems like it's something that would be kind of a, a no-brainer it seems like it it seems like it it seems totally worth trying if you have an autistic kid yeah for sure okay so yeah anyway it's pretty cool it's like cutting edge stuff yeah i think with the whole autism and i don't know nothing more cutting edge than broccoli <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is i mean like in the sense that <clears throat> i love the fact that we keep finding that this stuff that we've had all around us since the jump is the goods yeah. If mechanized. Uh-huh. You if, know. If done right. Right. Mm. So now that we've kind of hyped this stuff, you know, what are the downsides we were talking about earlier? Uh-oh. And the big one in the research is that this stuff may transiently decrease genome stability. <laughs> so in other words, you can get these genetic breaks, which is not good. You know, it's like... It's cancer or whatever. Great. Now, this effect is transient, so it pops up and then goes away. And scientists, they really don't know if it's actually meaningful at all. 
So if you're not planning on procreating, it's not going <laughs> to really cause you. But if you have children, they're not going to have faces is what you're saying, maybe. Maybe. Well, it's, and it's also tied to uh, consuming raw broccoli and not steamed, frozen, or cooked broccoli. So most of the problems with broccoli are when it's not treated in some way. Um, so that that's one thing that's okay. like a maybe... The other issue may be in activating NRF2 continuously. Remember NRF2? That's like the cleanup crew uh, that sulforaphane activates. I do indeed. So having that continuously on has been shown to be problematic. There was one mouse study where they bred these mice to have NRF2 just upregulated all the time genetically, Mm -hmm. and they rapidly died after birth. Oh. So there may be some problems there, but it's probably dose-dependent. You know, there's no known cases of cancer or anything from sulforaphane or broccoli sprouts. Uh, and people have used those for years on end. Right. But, you know, it's just something to be aware of. My personal opinion, like, first off, you know, if after hearing all this, you decide to go the food route, that's probably the least risk. Uh, the best way would be to either get or grow your own sprouted broccoli, you know, steam them for a few minutes, eat those daily. And there's a lot of accounts of people doing that online. Just the sprouts. Yeah, just the sprouts, feeling great, getting the benefits. So, I mean, that's a good option. That's obviously a little labor intensive to grow broccoli sprouts, but... Well, they're not that. They don't take that much work. Yeah, it's not that bad. And you can also add mustard seed uh, to the sprouted broccoli to increase the potency of the sulforaphane, which is okay. interesting. Now I know what to do with the back 40. But, yeah. You know the back I've 40? I've never heard of that, no. Oh, I'm so old. What is that? What is that? <laughs> it's a farming term. It's like the back 40, the back 40 acres. Oh, gotcha. My girlfriend would probably get it. She would get it. Yeah. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Second, <laughs> if you extract sulforaphane yeah. from broccoli and take it as a supplement, you know, you're definitely getting closer to a drug as far as potency goes. Yeah. And the supplement version, you know, it's not food. You know, it doesn't have calories. It doesn't have any of the building blocks that your body's going to use to make new cells or whatever. Yes. It's, a, it's basically a chemical, and it's telling your body, hey, turn this NRF2 process on. And so my rule of thumb is that, you know, if you're going to take a supplement that pushes your body in one direction, whether that's higher testosterone or, you know, whatever, it works really well if something else in your life is pushing your body in the opposite direction. Okay. And the supplement, you know, it's correcting that imbalance. You want to be correcting an imbalance. And this kind of keeps you out of trouble because if you push your body in one direction without an underlying problem, you end up creating an imbalance. And uh, I, I want my body, to, my body to be moving towards balance, right? not away from it. So that some people sense, do, right? yeah, of course. But sometimes people are like, I'm doing this as a preventative and they don't realize they're actually swaying the door in the other direction. Yeah. It's hard to With tell. that preventative stuff, it's like, you know, say you have heart disease. There there are things you can take that are quote-unquote preventatives, but that don't really do much. Right. Um, whereas sulforaphane, it's, it's pretty powerful. This is it's doing some powerful stuff. Yeah, I know. I saw the list. And this is kind of why I spotlighted autism, too, where, you know, there's obviously something wrong there, especially in the detox pathways. So autism, it's associated with higher levels of heavy metals, right. along with lower levels of glutathione and other detoxification stuff. So there sulforaphane is potentially bringing something back into balance mm-hmm. so i think that's a good example of where you know it might really work no totally term another potential imbalance that sulforaphane could correct would be around the herbicide roundup also called glyphosate Ugh. our favorite stuff now roundup supposedly inhibits nrf2 in our liver so theoretically taking sulforaphane could counteract the negative effects of roundup 
Uh, and we're all exposed to Roundup here in America, especially if you're not eating organic foods. So, oh, it's I mean, terrible. that's a case for everybody taking it right there. It, it being fine. Yeah, yeah, I would think that it would be like the olden days having iodine in your in your cabinet in case of a nuclear accident. You know, this is a, I would have that stuff on hand for sure. Yeah. So if you want to supplement sulforaphane, there are some professional options that you can get from practitioners uh, that I'm not really going to go into. But that'd be like the thing if you you know you took your autistic kid to a practitioner and they wanted to give him like one of these really potent ones. That's one option. There are two versions on Amazon that I've tried. The first and most popular is Brocco Max from Jaro. Mm. And if you just head over to Amazon and just read some of the reviews, uh, you can get an idea of what people are finding with this stuff. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I took it for a couple months. And like I mentioned before, I had massive reduced, massive reduction in anxiety other than that, I didn't notice much. The reason I stopped taking it was at first that anxiety was gone, but then it started to get more and more into like frustration and then anger. And then eventually after a couple of months, I was like feeling rage. Oh my God. Right. So I was like, ah, I better stop this stuff. So that's weird. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I wasn't socially anxious, but I was kind of pissed off. <laughs> You're like, I just wanted to fight everybody at the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other option is called uh, Broccolite, which I mentioned earlier. And this company is interesting. They claim that they've actually stabilized sulforaphane. So I didn't mention it before, but sulforaphane, it's created within your gut when two different chemicals within broccoli combine. Uh, you don't have to know this, but they're called glucor- glucorophanin and myrosinase. Okay. Um, so when you supplement sulforaphane, you're usually taking these two constituents of broccoli not actual sulforaphane. Okay. But this company says they actually stabilize sulforaphane and it's, you know, a way better way to take it. I don't know. I mean, they've definitely done their homework, so maybe they're correct. Uh, they have a couple cool interviews that I'll link to if if people are interested in that. The only way to know is to try, I suppose. Yeah, I actually decided to check it out personally. I've been taking it for the last couple weeks. Can't say I've noticed much yet. Okay. Uh, although I don't have the anger I had with Brocco Max. So I don't know. I'll stick with it and I'll let you guys know how it goes after a month or so. Yeah, and Jaro's been having trouble keeping that Brocco Max in stocks. I know. They're having oh, all kinds of out of stock problems. No. Yeah. The last supplement that seems to be high quality is the Thorn version. I haven't tried it yet, but I imagine it's pretty good as they copied what was used in the John Hopkins study on autism I mentioned earlier. Mm. So that one's probably pretty good too. So to sum it all up, so Furfane, it's kind of a Swiss army knife. It's great for a lot of things, specifically autism, anxiety, gut issues. But really, because it activates these renew and repair proteins, it can be used in just about anything. Okay. Really. Yeah, and, yeah. Sounds... And downsides, they seem low. Uh, they seem to be associated with long-term use at high dosages where, you know, you have these repair and renew enzymes or proteins, whatever, upregulated continuously. That seems to be where the problem is. Right. But if it's counteracting something like Roundup, it could be viable long-term. Okay. And it may be a good candidate for cycling where you're kind of on it for a month and then you go off it for a while to see if symptoms come back, that kind of thing. Nice. Overall, I think it's a great thing to have in your toolkit. Uh, it counteracts a lot of modern modern diseases. I love it. Anyway, it yeah. It does sound like one of those things that's great for everything. It could be. It could be. And... To get back to the point about detox, if you're really interested in detox, like I'm detoxing on something, <laughs> this this actually does that. For This actually detoxes you. It yes. upregulates all those detoxification enzymes and glutathione and all those. And so 
get on this, see how you feel. And then you'll be like, all right, I know what detox feels like. Okay. Instead of, you know, following some crazy guru guy who's going to get you set up on. Eat these powders, eat these pills, do this, jump down, spin around and eat a few more pills. Yeah. And, and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, like there's guys out there who will tell you, you need to do a grape fast where all you eat is grapes for like a month. And, you know, people lose all this weight and they feel terrible and it's like yeah but it's getting the bad out of you or something like that and, oh my and, gosh and the good too <laughs> everything <laughs> it's getting everything getting you out of you yeah just grapes that's it because they're i don't know they're good at getting the acids out or, or whatever so gnarly yeah so you just got to be i don't know i've been through a lot of those cycles and so i'm i guess i'm a little prickly about it yeah yeah oh, but, but you're that makes you an authority on the subject then too i suppose i suppose so anyway, man, anything else going on or? I don't think so. There's not a whole lot going on right now. Just back to school and uh, doing the fasting, feeling pretty good with that. All right. You're going to a school thing for your daughter here? I am. I'm going to a, her first diving meet Oh, tonight. all right. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up so you can get out of here. I will, and I'll let you know what uh, what happens next week. Are you, uh, gold. Are you okay? What kind of what kind of dad are you on the sidelines? Are you like, yay, whatever you I'm do, I'm a chair I love thrower. Anyway. I'm a chair thrower chair mostly. Thrower. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, reserved as far as that goes. Okay, you're yeah, not because like she a... gets embarrassed, and I don't want to embarrass her. I used to be a, woo, you can do this, you're the best. Now I'm just like quietly kind of, and then I razz her after. Okay, nice. Yeah. You're not like a gold or you're not getting dinner. Or... No, I'm that. I'm definitely that too. There's room for both. <laughs> no, it's a sport. And, and uh, I love it though because there is a unification um, that she's getting from it that she hasn't had previously. Just a people working together as a team and collective score and, and oh, all cool. that. So it's been nice. Very nice. Cool. Sweet. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. And that's the podcast. Thanks, guys. Be well. Be well.